Hey, this is Doug Eccles. We want to welcome you to our podcast, Got Better Things for You. Hey, it's great to be with you. I believe Jesus has got better things for you. If you're watching today, share it with somebody else because if you'll share it with somebody else, it'll bless them, but it will bless you. The Lord will bless you because you're being a blessing to someone else. I want to share a story with you. I was in the Bronx preaching in uh, New York, and uh, I had a little time off one day, and I took the train into uh, Manhattan, and uh, I was going down to Chinatown to have Chinese food. I have a place I love to go there, and I'd never been by myself, but I took the train all the way down, and, and uh, the place you go, uh, it's very busy. And when you walk in, you have to sit with other people if you don't have, like if it's four uh, chairs, they sit four people at a table. If it's six, they sit six. So you may, I sat at a table with five other people I did not know. And you have to pay cash. That's what it was. So I ate uh, my soup dumplings. They were awesome. And uh, when I was done, the bill was $9.65. Well, I pulled out a 10. And uh, the, the tip is included. So I don't even know why I'm waiting for 35 cents. I really can't even figure this out. But I'm waiting and all of a sudden, this man comes running across the building, and the whole place gets quiet because he's shouting, this fake, and he's holding up a $10 bill. This fake, this fake, this fake. And I'm thinking, he's coming toward me. And I'm starting to think, oh, he's bringing money over to me and yelling, it's fake. He gets to me, and he hands me the 10 He said, this fake. And I'm saying, "How? I, it looked real to me. How am I supposed to know if it's fake or real? And uh, he said, this fake. He keeps saying that. And everybody's looking at me. I stand up and I point at the soup dumplings. And I, and I yell real loud, those dumplings are fake. And everybody laughs. And then I took a 20 out and handed it to him. And, uh, but I thought about that. The only cash I had, somebody had given me the night before at church. <laughs> so somebody at church gave me counterfeit money, fake money. How many of you understand we have people with fake faith? We have fake Pentecostals. We have people speaking in tongues uh, that are faking it. We have people giving fake offerings. We, are, we even have fake church in this world. You know, I don't even understand. If you're not going to believe the Bible, you don't, you're not really a church. Shut it down. But I want to talk to you today about not having fake church, but I want to talk about how you can reveal God's glory in your life, give Him praise and give Him honor how your life can reveal His glory. In Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 18, it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage, again, to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with Him, that we may also glorify, be glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. The word suffering there, you know, is going through something that may be painful. Suffering has a connotation of endurance. I'm going through it. I'm enduring something. But verse 17 in the Amplified Bible, it says, Only we must share His suffering if we are to share His glory. 
Romans 8, 18 in the Amplified. But what of that? For I consider that the sufferings of this present time, this present life, are not worth being compared with the glory that is about to be revealed to us and in us, for us, and conferred on us. Listen, what you're going through now is nothing compared to what heaven's going to be like. What you're going through is temporary. What you cannot see is eternal. What you can see is temporal. Now, verse 18 speaks of the world and its condition because of the fall. How many understand because of the fall of man, there's been all these bad things have been brought in. Sickness, disease, poverty, lack, wars, all the stuff that go on with him. But I'm going to tell you something. I like this. Those that suffer with him are the overcomers. We go through some things. We suffer reproach because of Jesus' name. We suffer with him. We're going to reign with him. Whatever you're going through now is nothing compared to the glory that's coming. So that's good news. Whatever you're going through now is compares nothing to the glory that's coming. When revealing God's glory, there's a price to pay to be recognized with Jesus. You're going to go through something. You know, they're suffering around the world by Christians. Uh, you know, in some countries, if you baptize somebody in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, if you baptize somebody, you can be put to death. There are people that are put in jail for their faith. I, I, uh, uh, when I went to the Ukraine, uh, one of the men of the church his father-in-law had been years in Siberia sentenced to hard labor because he would not forsake Christ and he would not forsake salvation and what Jesus did. So listen, they're suffering around the world by people because they chose to be Christians. But to live like Christ means you're a Christian. To be like Christ, to reveal His glory... So when you are like Christ, you serve others, you give up your rights, and you resist pressure to conform to this world. When you read the books of Daniel, Ezekiel, and Revelation, they are generally considered prophetic books about the end times. So we could say that Daniel is speaking prophetically to us today. And there are four individuals that were teenagers in Daniel that revealed God's glory. They were Daniel... Uh, they were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They served others. They gave up their rights. They resisted the pressure to conform to this world. So we got in Daniel, the third chapter, uh, the story really of two cultures. Jerusalem is the city of God. Babylon is the city of man. Two kingdoms. We got the kingdom of God and the kingdom of the world. And they are opposed to each other. So it, it parallels today. We got the kingdom of God, the kingdom of the world, and they're against each other. We got the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of darkness refers to Satan and everything of Satan's kingdom. The kingdom of light refers to God and everything of God's kingdom. But Nebuchadnezzar was the undisputed leader of the world at this time. And he took the city of Jerusalem and he captured the young men, the finest young men from that city and took them to Babylon. So these young men were taken out of God's city and put into a city of hostile environment, in a hostile environment, and yet they still reveal God's glory. In Daniel chapter 1, verse 5 through 8, And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat. 
and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years, and at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, under the prince of the eunuchs gave names, for he gave unto Daniel the name Belshazzar, and to Hananiah of Shadrach, and to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah of Abednego. So he changed their name. You might even uh, uh, be have a nickname, somebody calls you something, but I'm going to tell you, God's got the last say-so. Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor which the, of the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Verse 5, when we talk about the king's meat, he was given the doctrine of the king, the wine. He was given the spirit of the world. And he wanted to feed them. Nebuchadnezzar wanted to feed them a daily dose of his doctrine and the spirit of this age. I'm going to tell you, you turn on the news, the television, you get around people, they want to fill you with the spirit of this age and the doctrine of this world. But I'm going to tell you, it's usually going to contradict God's law. And they knew that they'd been taught God's law and they knew that that doctrine and that spirit contradicted what they'd been taught. See, I, I don't know, but some people are chloroformed, I believe, by the doctrine and the spirit of this world. What is chloroforming? You ever ever seen a, a show where they take a rag and they put it over somebody's face and they get, you know, knocked out and they don't know where they're at? I believe some people are chloroformed by the doctrine and the spirit of this age. The three Hebrew children and Daniel lived in a world where the majority did not believe in their God as supreme. They thought whatever Nebuchadnezzar said, that was what mattered. And today, everything we are being fed and taught contradicts the laws of God. I believe this is the suffering of this present time. How are you going to reveal God's glory in this day? How can my life reveal His glory in this day we live in? Number one, you cannot defile yourself with the doctrine of this world or the spirit of this age. You cannot defile, soil, pollute, or stain. They said no to the king's meat and wine. They did not participate. Uh, and don't put yourself in a position for your flesh to win or uh, put yourself in a position where you feel like you have to sin. You have never sinned without putting yourself in a position to sin. Proverbs 1.10 says, My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. See, sometimes people are going to give you an opportunity. I was in a, a crusade in Mexico with a pastor of one of the largest churches in America. And we went out to eat at a place where it's, they call it the World's Trade Center in Mexico City, the building uh, moves around while you eat. It circles. And uh, while we were there, I saw the pastor stand up, and we're with Mexican pastors, some American pastors, and everybody at that table. He said, we're going to celebrate the crusade tonight. And he said, we're going to order wine. And the, the waiter went around the table, and he asked everybody, what kind of wine? Do you want red or white? And I'm over there. I don't know what to do. I, I, I'm not. I'm not a big time preacher. This guy's a big time preacher. If I walk out, they're just going to laugh. If I rebuke them, they're just going to laugh. I don't know what to do. So the waiter. I'm the last one. Everybody's looking at me. They said, "What do you want, red or white?" I said, "I'll take red and white, por favor. I'll take Coca-Cola." And I'm going to tell you something. A few weeks later, I was asked to go with this preacher to Africa to one of the largest churches in the world, and it would have changed my ministry to hook up. 
But when the secretary asked me, I said, no, I'm not going to. And she said, why? I said, well, you know why. I've never been. But I, I want my life to reveal God's glory. When you reveal God's glory, you got to watch who you run with and watch where you go. I don't know. When sinners entice thee, you got to say no. Proverbs 1.10, whatever your weakness is, get rid of it. You know, if you have a problem when you're alone, don't be alone. Shut the door on your flesh. Maybe today this isn't the message that you wanted to hear. And you say, uh, uh, you know, I, you're not preaching very much love. What about love? The Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. 1 John 2.15. Somebody said, what about grace? You're not preaching much grace. The Bible says in Titus 2, 11 and 12, For the grace that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. What about promises? You're not preaching any promises. 2 Corinthians 7, 1, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. James 4, 4, You adulterers and adulteresses, know you not that friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. It can't get any clearer. And yet, too many of us, we're drinking in the spirit of the world, we're taking in the doctrine of the world, and we're we're intertwining it with the Bible, and we're like, well, you know, on, on Saturday night we're at the club, Sunday we're praising God, uh, uh, we get baptized one night, and we get to uh, get we're in church uh, uh, that day, but the next day we're at, uh, partying down. I'm going to tell you, I don't see it in the Word of God. If you're a friend of the world, you're an enemy of God. You know, if you do not know where your strength comes from, your gifts and abilities come from, then they'll be up for sale. See, how many understand today your source is the Lord? Man is made from the dust. Without God, you and I are just dirt. But because God is in us, uh, our source is God. God is our source. With Him, you can do all things. If you put God first, He will put something on you that will draw attention to you. He'll put that glory on you that will draw attention to you. You were born to reveal His glory. I was born to serve the Lord. There's an old song that said, My hands were made to help my neighbor. My eyes were made to read God's Word. My feet were made to walk in His footsteps, and my body is the temple of the Lord. I was born to serve the Lord. I don't know about you, but I believe that God is my source. Man is not my source. My boss is not my source. But God is my source. Listen today. Be careful of intertwining with the spirit of the age and, and the king's doctrine because sooner or later you and the world will have to part ways. I'm going to say it like this. What you tolerate today will dominate tomorrow. There's going to come a time in your life when there'll be a clash between good and evil. And the day is here when there's no shame anymore, where good is called evil and evil is now called good. Listen, not everything that's permissible is profitable. Let me, let me explain it this way. I had a couple of friends of mine that they immigrated here from Eastern Europe. They went to South America uh, at World War II, they left, fled to South America. 
and they finally wound up in America. Well, they were Pentecostals and they brought their drinking from Eastern Europe to South America to America. And I sat at the table with both of these men and both these men said, we drank in moderation. But how many know what you do in moderation, your kids will do in excess. Both of them looked at me and said, we wish we'd have never drank. We got, both of them had sons that were raging alcoholics. I'm going to tell you what you permit, what you tolerate today will dominate tomorrow. That, that little thing, not everything that is permissible is profitable. You may think I'll get by with it, but you're influencing other people. So I'm going to tell you today, make up your mind. You're never going to give up on God. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know what you're going through. Somebody say, I'm, I feel like quitting. Don't give up. Be not weary and well doing for in due season you'll reap if you faint not. In Hebrews, the three Hebrew children, in Daniel chapter 3, Nebuchadnezzar, he'd build a statue of gold 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide. This is a big old statue. Gold. And they had a dedication service that all the people were to attend. And when they played music, everybody was to bow down and worship the image. But whoever did not bow down and worship the image was immediately to be thrown into the fiery furnace. So here there's a showdown. There's a clash of values between God's kingdom and the world, between light and darkness. Some of you having that clash right now. You, you find that you want to do good, but you can't seem to do it. You find you, 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 you want to serve God with everything and let your life reveal the, His glory, but you find yourself getting involved in all these things. Listen to what the three Hebrew children said, Daniel 3, 17 and 18. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And He will deliver us out of thine hand, O King. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. I don't know. I like this. This is kind of like, you know, somebody said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. They didn't say, well, everybody else is doing it. We better do it, you know, or we'll be singled out. No, no, you know, uh, if we don't bow, nobody will see us in this crowd. Only this one time we're going to do it. We can bow just slightly. You know, we'll be able to minister to the world better if we do what they do and look like they do. Let's fake it. I just want to be relevant. We've heard all these things. Now the music was played, and they're given a second chance. Now, the Bible said they would not bow or bend. The king, he went into a rage. He heated the fire seven times hotter than before. The fire was so hot that the men that threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fire, it consumed them when they were thrown in. And the king got as close as he could, and he's looking, and he saw not three men in the fire, but four men. And the fourth man, he said this, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they answered and said unto him, unto the king, True, O king. And he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Listen, they came out of that not even smelling like smoke. I don't know, but I'm going to tell you, you may face a fiery furnace, but because of your testimony, because of your integrity, because of your convictions, I'm going to tell you, you're going to reveal God's glory. I believe He's going to get you through it, and you're not even going to smell like smoke. Romans 8, 18, For I reckon that the sufferings 
of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. In this world you may have tribulation, but listen, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. See, some of you are crying and you're waking up in the middle of the night. Don't, don't do that. Because I'm going to tell you something. Why are you staying up all night crying when joy comes in the morning? Count the cost of giving up. See, some always have this idea. I'm going to quit. I'm going to give up. The prodigal son, you read about him in Luke 15. I think he always had leaving on his mind. He's thinking, the first time I can get out of here, I'm out of here. There's people like that. As soon as I, my, I can get out of church, I'm getting out of church. I'm not going back. As soon as my parents die. I heard a story about a great... Um, I read his book. He was uh, an NBA coach. And his mom and dad were pastors... Uh, Assemblies of God pastors in South Dakota and North Dakota area. And I'm reading his book and he said uh, he grew up and his parents would start churches and they were, they believed in the Holy Ghost and he went to youth camp and he'd become a famous NBA ball player and an NBA coach. He said every summer he'd go back to visit his mom and dad and he, he felt like he had to go to church. And when he went, he said he felt awful. He said that feeling left when his mother died. I'm going to tell you, that was conviction. That conviction was the only thing. His mother was praying for him. When she died, that lifted. He said he felt a peace. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you something. I believe it, he crossed the line of no return. You say, what does that mean? I don't know. I'm going to tell you, he was like, as soon as I, he said, I, I felt like now I don't ever have to go back to church. The prodigal always had leaving on his mind. I don't know about you, but I remember singing, I have decided to follow Jesus. And then the next verse was, no turning back, no turning back. Remember Lot's wife? They, they get a chance to flee Sodom and Gomorrah. And yet the Bible said she turned back and was turned into a pillar of salt. The Bible, the scripture is remember Lot's wife. There's a reason. Don't look back to your past, but look toward Jesus. There's a song we sing at the cross, at the cross. It says, but drops of grief can never repay the debt of love I owe. So here, Lord, I give myself away. Tis all I can do. I want to say today, somebody needs to give everything to the Lord because that's all we can do to reveal God's glory. See, God is raising up some young people today that will shake the world. God is raising up some people to reveal God's glory. God is raising up some people who will not bow during this uh, uh, time of stressful days. God is raising up a generation that will not bend. I'm talking to somebody. Are you going to be the generation that will not bend? Are you going to be the generation that will not bow? Are you going to be the generation that will reveal His glory? Are you going to be the generation that will shake the world? If that's you, man, contact us. Say, I'm going to do it. I think it's good to tell somebody because I believe when you say it and you put it in writing, I'm going to tell you there's something that happens. And because they will not bow, they will not bend, they will not burn. See, are you willing to stand for God no matter what comes? See, I, I, I believe some of you are listening today and some area of your life you've compromised. I don't know. 
you've compromised, you've let sin in, you've, you've let some things go that you know are not right. I'm talking to you today. You need to get rid of that. You need to turn your life to Jesus. If you've compromised in any way and you want to start again, you say, today I'm going to take a stand. The Bible said if you're ashamed of Jesus, he'll be ashamed of you. You deny Jesus, he will deny you. But he said, he that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. See, today you've compromised. You need to come back to him. That's mercy. He'll come to you. And I'm going to tell you, this is going to be a great day. Pray this prayer with me right now. If you're watching, pray this prayer with me. Just say this, dear Lord, I've compromised and I need a fresh start. I need a new beginning. I got sin in my life. I need you to get rid of it. By the blood you shed on Calvary's cross, cleanse me. I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose again on the third day. I repent of my past. And today I have a new, fresh beginning. I declare that Jesus Christ is my Lord, my Savior. I am not turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus, and I'm not turning back. Let my life reveal God's glory today. Let my life reveal His glory today. I love you, Jesus, and I thank you for your goodness. I'm asking, Lord, today that you'll touch everyone that's listening. I pray, Lord, that those that are going through something, that you'll give them strength and boldness and courage. In the name of the Lord Jesus. 